guys and girls, and welcome to episode 71 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Anchor. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. It's time for me now to introduce you to the team. First up, he's a real-life Blade Runner after recalling defective robots in VR this week. It is, of course, Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yes, I am doing great. And um, <laughs> Robo Recall is amazing, still. Mm-hmm. You've been enjoying yourself. Yeah. And you're wearing that hot merch right now, you know? Yes, Beat, Beat Saber merch. Yeah. It's, 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 the, the, it's, it's as good as the game, they say, so. <laughs> Excellent review. Yeah. Uh, so next up, this guy's been making some unusual new friends this week. His new bestie is a tuna fish. <laughs> it, is, it is, of course, the rowdy guy. How are you doing, man? You all right? That's me. I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, also, people in the chat are saying that Nady should take down his Christmas tree because it should not be there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, I make friends everywhere and every every time, you know. This time I was a tuna fish. Yeah, fishy friends. They just swim towards you and that's it. They're just attracted to you. Um, so yeah. next up, this guy's been paying the bills doing contract work. Not the usual contract work, though. He's been doing contract work in contractors, keeping it locked and loaded, of course. Zimtok5, how are you doing, man? You all right? Hey, Mike. How's it going? Um, yeah, good. I had, uh, had a good week, finally. I've been this makes a nice change. I've, I've, I've been waiting <laughs> for like a nice, comfortable, healthy week. This was that week. So, uh, oh, Good to hear it. Yeah. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. Well, Someone got by... laid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Round of applause from uh, everyone in the chat, please. <laughs> uh, last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. We've got a jam-packed episode for you this week because we're going to be giving you all the info on the hottest VR tech announced at CES in Las Vegas, including the Vive Cosmos, Vive Pro i, the Pimax Business Edition, Pimax eye-tracking modules, new graphics cards, and much, much more. But first, let's find out what everyone's been up to this week and their highlight of the week in the metaverse. And of course, let's fire it over to uh, to Nathy first to find out what you've been up to. Because last week, we threatened that if you didn't play anything this week, we'd have to kick you off the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's, that's why I played something, just so to not get kicked off this show, right? <laughs> Good to hear. What have you been playing? Yeah, so I uh, I jumped into Robo Recall, um, and and not because I wanted to play Robo Recall. Um, I uh, I wanted to try out a three D printed gun I got a while ago from the VR room. It's an arcade in Amsterdam, and uh, I was like, what what shooter could I play? You know, what kind of arcadey title can I jump into? And uh, I was just searching back in time and. Then I found Robo Recall. I totally forgot about that game. Seriously, when people come by here and I demo VR, that should be one of my choices in a way. But I, 
it never came up in my mind to to use that. Well, I think it's it's a great game for starters, so I'm definitely going to use it more. So that mm. kind of uh, came in as an extra in a way. But yeah, I, I used Robo Recall to try out this uh, this gun stock, this handgun stock, uh, and I'm not sure about you guys, but I've never seen a handgun stock for an Oculus Touch controller before. Um, so no. this was a Sorry, first handgun for me. Stock, do you mean like single, like a pistol? Like yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Do you have it uh, with you? I'd be really curious to see what uh, it looks like. Yeah, I do. Wait, let me grab it. In, in the meantime, I'll uh, sing some music for you <laughs> while Nathie's chair hits the microphone. <laughs> oh no, he's back. I didn't have to sing. Thank, thank Sorry God. about that. You're so lucky. yeah, here it is. This this is the. Oh, it's cool. Ooh. So basically, to describe it to the audio listeners, it kind of looks like something like out of like Judge Dread or like Blade Runner or something like that. Got your <laughs> like bloody name on it. Yes, yes, my name is on that as well. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's really nice. It's not for competitive uh, games. It's not for onward contractors or Pavlov. This is more for the uh, single player adventures, like uh, Arizona or. It looks really Judge Dredd. I don't know if you guys are getting yeah. that same vibe, yeah. but it's getting like a real heavy pistol. You know, it's black. And is it light or is it kind of heavy? It is quite heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I, I preferred using it in Robo Recall with, uh, for example, the, the laser gun, right? Because that one is pretty big. Oh. And also the revolver. I, like in general, the, the uh, weapons in Robo Recall are, are big, right? So it matches. Um, but it's a good workout because you, you feel the weight, but it also adds up to the immersion because it feels like you are holding a gun too. Um, so it, this one is, let's say, universal in a way. I mean, it doesn't look like a pistol. It doesn't look like a revolver. It doesn't look like a laser gun. So it, it matches with, with, with the smaller hand pistols. But this is not, not um, you can't modify it while you're playing. I mean, you have to uh, put this into the, into the base you need to slide the controller inside the stock and then you can't just pull it out. So it's not something you want to use to quickly throw a grenade or something like that. It's really for mm. just that single player. I still want to see so, you yeah. play like Beat Saber with that thing, to be honest. To be <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some Beat Saber controllers out there. Are, are those, you can are buy those for sale, Nathie? Are they like, um, are they something that you can buy on a website or is, is the 3D print model available for people? So like this is... Well, this is this is a custom 3D uh, printed one that I got from the VR room, and um, I think they they work together with a uh, company here in the Netherlands to uh, make this together. So it's kind of like exclusive to them in a way. And uh, as far as I know, uh, if you do want one, you can email them. Um, it's uh, the VR room dot nl but there's also a english uh, flag on there so you can translate it and then you can uh, buy one from them but i've seen a lot of people already saying like can you not just release the you know blueprint so we can do it ourselves but i'm not sure if they want to maybe yeah. they just want to sell it and so i i get both uh, points but yeah if you do want to get one you can and maybe you can even request your own little logo in there i think it's kind of kind of nice what or a different the, color um... Well, sometimes 3D printed models can be a little bit frail. Do you find mm -hmm. it's it's quite robust, or do you think that the print could be done with a better material? No, 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 no. This is this is like some strong stuff. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. it is good. It's it's solid. It's it's a lovely design, and uh, it's it's just great for that extra immersion, you know. And uh, I'm definitely gonna use it more in some other games and see how 
well it translates yeah cool awesome awesome cool good to hear well uh, let's kick it over to uh to rowdy then to find out about uh how he how he met his little his little fresh friend yeah, exactly. That's exactly the game that I wanted to talk about was uh, Fisherman's Tale. Um, I've only played the second episode like this week. I played the first episode, uh, uh, you know, right when it came out. Um, but it's an amazing kind of game. I really think mm-hmm. that this is uh, something that I haven't tried yet before just because it's so... Um, it, it uses certain mechanics so well. And I would like to see more of these kind of things in virtual reality as well. Um, the way that they play with like that... Kind of inception feeling that uh, the fisherman tales, the fisherman sale does so well. It's it's just mind blowing that because you can't really c- conceive it while you play it on just a regular two D screen. It, I don't think it would look so cool or so epic, but you kind of know what is happening. You kind of know how it's going to look, but to actually be in there, it's a, it's a really crazy experience. I think I'm really looking forward to this game, and I think it's coming out on. January 25th, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it's uh, not that far away anymore, but that's definitely a title that I'm going to to play uh, to the fullest. Yeah, I really want yeah. to experience that one, that one more. Um, it's one of the few games in virtual reality that also like, kept me in there, like playing around with just pretty much everything that I could grab in that room. Um, it's also one of the games that really startled me in the beginning because when you... Uh, when you get to, to do the inception kind of stuff that you do in this game, uh, it's really easy to like you know fool yourself or to like to trick yourself into like doing things that you weren't actually expecting to do, uh, and that makes the game even more awesome. I think uh, it's yeah. a really cool time. It's in, it's incredibly clever puzzle design, um, in, yeah. you know, and it, I I really enjoyed my time with it as well because we only had access to like what is it the first two chapters. Um, and I think there's five or six in total when the game fully launches. So it's not going to be super long, but uh, I would say that it's going to be a really good experience because, you know, the voice acting is really great as well. You know, the story yeah, is being well, narrated really to you the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's super nice. So definitely looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Um, so what about you then, Zim? Uh, what have you been up to, dude? I I went I went back in time. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm, I usually cheat on this and I, I mention multiple things, but I'm just going to be nice and just do one. Uh, so I played a game that reminded me of this really old title called Lunar Flight, which is a lunar mm. lander game uh, from from ages ago. Yeah. And Lunar Flight was kind of di- like I, w- I wanted to love it. Um, you know, you take off in your little lunar lander and you'd like try to go from point A to point B and you'd overshoot and all. It, it was kind of too much of a simulation for me. Um, even though I tend to be a sim guy and tend to prefer those kinds of things, but I played a game called um, Firma F I R M A. And, and Firma, I hadn't, it hadn't crossed my path uh, except for Steam sales and things like that in the past where it was like a couple of quid or whatever. I think it's only like five quid or something now on Oculus Home. But I think it relaunched on Oculus Home at some stage. Mm-hmm. And because I'd played some other games, it's, it recommended this game to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd never managed to hit that. I'm so glad I got to play it. Um, <laughs> there's a big caveat I have to say, but like the f- the feeling of like they fix your horizontal position, which I think is the magic part, because it means that with Oculus Touch controls or a gamepad, you're able to like really enjoy the whole kind of takeoff, grab cargo, move it somewhere. Um, you even have a turreting system, so it feels you're like on, on ver- a variety of different space bases on this planet where the levels are kind of you know, dotted around the planet that you, that you uh, kind of rotate and then you pick and you go in and, and you do it. It's really easy to get into, like really low, uh, not very much HUD, not much in the way of tutorials. 
uh, just one little panel in your display that gives you any kind of instructions. Very yeah. intuitive. So super fun. Um, and and the one big caveat is because this game is from 2016 and that Oculus at some stage you know, took the touch controls um, and broke them apart as a gamepad unit or whatever, unfortunately, if you're playing the game in its current build, Jan 2019, um, you get to level four and you can't shoot the turrets with touch controls. Really mm. weird. Like you can't, because there's no left bumper, these are only equivalents of like a left bumper, uh, you right. can't fire. And so you have right. to switch uh-huh. to a gamepad to continue from that point. It was driving but me is, nuts. Is it officially supported out. for the touch controllers? I didn't see any mention of official support for, I for touch. I don't so, think so. I played it I played it as well with a gamepad. Um, but I can't remember them ever updating it for for touch uh, controllers. But uh, let's say if you are looking into uh, FedEx simulators yep. on the moon, yep. then then this is it. <laughs> it's it's great. I really enjoyed it. I was also kind of late to that because Firma was I think originally some kind of DK one DK two demo, and then yep. they they it overhauled cool. it and called it Firma and. Yeah, it, it's it, it's nice. I, I enjoyed it. It's been a while. Like you you mention it now. I'm like, yeah. oh wait, yeah, I remember. But it feels good. Like that's the best thing about it is the game yeah. like feels really good. And they really like if you're in a VR game, it takes trials. We know like everyone mm-hmm. played Beat Saber, right? You, you nail the feel. It doesn't really matter anymore. It just you, no. you just write in, you drop into it, and that's the best thing. So I do yeah. recommend people check this out. And the landscape has as much attention to detail as like an elite dangerous landscape when you land on interplanetary landings and things. So um, yeah. for someone who's like itching for something spacey, uh, even the races, like where you're, you're, you know, piloting this craft through canyons and stuff are really good. So they do a lot of things kind of simple and just done really well. So Firma, if you're interested in it, check it out. That's my highlight. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I'm definitely going to check that one out. I'll put that on my list of uh, things to check out next week for sure. Uh, I like these little hidden gems that we, 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 you know, we end up sort of finding on the show and talking about, and it kind of gets everyone else kind of excited to replay them again. I love that part of the show where we do that. Uh, but this week I, di- I didn't really play that much uh, because I was kind of busy glued to my screens uh, covering all the CES uh, news, which obviously we're going to be covering later on. But there's one thing that I did do that I kind of wanted to talk about, and that was uh, I checked out the new Oculus Home update uh, because they updated the Home uh, sort of, uh, program and basically now they've they've enabled it so you can live stream from Oculus Home directly and also you can invite more people over to hang out in your Oculus Home and for some reason I don't know how it happened but my home environment just got totally trashed and I, I'm not sure how <laughs> a I bomb think exploded was, I think what happened was that I didn't lock <laughs> I it after <laughs> placing everything around so basically what happened was one day I must have accidentally picked up the carpet, which yeah. everything was kind of glued to, <laughs> and then everything just kind of exploded everywhere. And it was a complete mess. <laughs> so what like, you're saying is that you've been like uh, the victim of like some kind of like house burglary or something. Uh, exactly. That's what it felt like. Exactly. Exactly. And now that like this new update from Oculus, well, people can uh, come and visit your house if you open it up to the public. And I was like, well, I don't want people to come around and think bad of me. Like I'm just like some slob. You know, I need to tidy this this up. So. Um, so yeah, I spent some time like reorganizing my room and sort of getting that all sorted. So that's all clean and tidy now. But it kind of reminded me of a funny story because me and Nathy did a video on uh, the Oculus rooms a while ago where we sort of did like a little tour of each other's uh, like virtual houses. And the funny thing was like Nathy had posted this video, but I hadn't posted mine yet. And one of his fans 
decided that it would be kind of cool to visit our rooms. But when he visited, I was actually in my room and I didn't know the fact that he was there. And then this voice just said something behind me. And I literally like it scared the crap out of me. I was like, what the f- this I'm like, dude in my room? And he was like, oh, hey, I'm like, I watched the video and I, I saw it. I wanted to visit it. So we, we ended up talking. He was like two super cool guy. Um, but it was kind of scary. Just some I, random I think stranger on being default, in it's, it's actually open for everyone because yeah. I have a same story where someone said like, yeah, I heard you doing your intro. Uh, and I was just recording <laughs> and I had my riff like, on, on the floor yeah. <laughs> and he was just like I, and I did, didn't want to disturb you so I left again I was like oh and then I went into the settings and then I found out that there are actually some yeah. some some privacy things you can turn on if you we want some people in the chat saying that uh, your room is not public anymore Mike so people have been checking it out <laughs> oh no it, it, it. It should be. I changed it. It, sh- it should be now. Like uh, from a couple of days ago, it should be. If it isn't, then I'll go and check it again. And I'll open it up. I, I, I do want to warn you for one person. I see that Vivian uh, is trashing yeah. people's rooms in Oculus uh, Home. So beware of this troll, please. <laughs> so I want to ask Nathan a question, actually. Is your Oculus Home this still still yes. the same as it was? <laughs> yes. Okay. So <laughs> go if, go if check wanna, it out. Yeah, if you want to see something kind of strange but kind of funny as well, go and check out Nathie's Oculus Home. It's hilarious. Please, please do, please do. Yeah, post the pictures on Twitter because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah please you'll like them. But yeah, I got to check out some of the other functions as well. Obviously, the live streaming one is one of the big uh, new features. Uh-huh. You can live stream now uh, directly from Oculus Dash what you're seeing through the headset to a Facebook page, which is kind of cool. If you're you know, uh, amateur content creator, you want to just share some stuff with your friends and family, you can do that super easy now without having to mess around with OBS or anything else. Mm. Um so that's really nice. The only thing is, as a as a like a, a sort of content creator that sort of creates content on YouTube and live streams every now and again, it you really want to um, live stream to a managed Facebook page. You know, you don't want to stream to your personal one, and they don't have that option right now. So it's kind of a bit of a shame that you can't live stream to a managed page. Uh, hopefully, they change that in the future. But also, of course, adding more platforms as well, such as YouTube, Twitch, uh, Mixer, Caffeine, all the other sort of streaming platforms. It'd be nice to stream to them as well. Um, but the other cool part of the update is that you can invite up to eight people over to your house now mm. and uh, kind of hang out together in your own virtual room and kind of watch content together because, of course, you can stream anything from your desktop to your uh, virtual home. Yeah. It was, so I thought that was kind of neat. It was quite restricted before, I think. It was only like three or something, was it? It was only two. Uh, two. So you could have what yourself and one other yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hang up, uh, come over. But it's kind of n- nice now. You can get eight people in total in your room. That'd be super, super cool to like watch, uh, you know, E3 together in there or something like that, you know, because we, we occasionally watch stuff together or hang out in a Discord to like watch some CES content. So doing something like that in the future would be really nice to do with you guys. Uh, but I kind of wish that it was kind of more interactive and you had more to do in there, a bit like Oculus Rooms on on Go, where you can play board games together. I, could, I think that's a really neat yeah. feature. No, I agree. And also having that launch pad, uh, which we tried in Oculus Rooms on the Go as well, launch where you can say, we're going to group up now and then we're all going to jump into like, oh, you know, from other please. sons together and, and automatically be uh, combined as a team. Yeah. Um, so I really hope they, they keep on doing this, and I'm sure they will, and I'm sure it'll be a feature in the future, but it was nice to see them continue to update it anyway. Just just one more thing. Um, Zim, uh, next time that you're making a video about like some you know weird kind of content and you're doing it in Oculus Home, yeah. be careful because other people might be joining you into this room as well. <laughs> appear on twitter what wise advice oh. from, oh. an, from, from an experienced gentleman 
Exactly. My room is on private now on. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Mike, you're, you're right. Like there's not, there's not a whole heap of stuff you can do right now together that, that yeah. is a reason for being in that virtual space. And like we were kicking back and forth uh, midweek on, on, on Twitter. And I still think, and I took this idea from Notch, the guy who made Minecraft, he originally was going to implement a server connector that was a doorway. And that you'd be able to just kind of, and I just thought for VR, we should just have that. We should just have the ability to yeah. say, I want Mike's room's door right there. So people can then organically find their way from place to place. And then you you wouldn't have the physical limitations of having like, I was going to say a cell tower, but you know, like an apartment block. But but because mm-hmm. we had that back in the day with, um, oh, what was that web? Like not Janus VR, but back in that day, Nathie, I don't know if you remember, there were, uh, you could actually get a, like a virtual room decorated as you wanted in unity and then people mm-hmm. could come there to like floor three level two it was like a virtual apartment and i just think that if they decoupled that made it more like wormholes then people mm-hmm. could yeah that, that would totally make sense like burrow. a door behind you that goes to a lift and then that lift has like 100 floors and they're your favorites your favorite <laughs> rooms and then it loads as you're in the lift so it's just like you feel like walking in and out oh, that would yeah. be a really neat feature that would be really cool imagine having having a zim as a neighbor then uh, i mean yeah <laughs> exactly you can, hear, you can hear everything through those uh, tiny virtual walls you know <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to some quick news then and i just wanted to give you a quick update about pt because I touched on this on last week's show and give you a bit of information about this like port of this infamous spooky game called PT being ported to VR. However, it seemed at the time that it was kind of broken, so I kind of give you a bit of a caveat warning there. Uh, but it seems that the dev, uh, Radius Gordello, has been super quick on updating it, actually. And uh, he's updated it this week for, uh, that, that apparently solves all the VR problems that people were having. Uh, I think a lot of people were reporting like kind of fishbowl visual effects, and apparently that's all gone now. Um, so if you want to go and check it out, it's on itch.io now. It is for free, uh, but it's also worth noting that the dev, although he updated the game, he also said that he's going to take it down from itch.io in a week's time. So if you want to experience it, oh. go and download it now, save it on your hard drive, maybe to play it another day, um, but get it while it's still there because once it's gone, I think it's going to be gone forever. The reason why he's taking it down. Well, the thing was, uh, Jack Septicai actually played it uh, using the Vive Pro uh, this week, and I think it got a, a bunch of attention, uh, which is great for him, but also bad in a way because it could get attention from Konami, who mm. are thinking, "Well, we're going to sue this yeah, guy now." I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so I think he's a little bit worried about that because he said that he's he's it was a a project that he worked on between school terms, right. uh, so it was kind of like a, a project for him, yeah, and he doesn't want to get himself into hot water. So you can understand why he's going to take it down. Uh, so, so if you're interested. Mainly- Jack is watching our podcast that, you know, is this game is going to be taken. Ah, out. yeah. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, Jack, what's up? This is where he gets all his freshest VR scoops from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm planning to play this one next week. So if you're if you're not brave enough to play it yourself, maybe you can swing by and check out the video or the stream, whatever I end up doing with that one. Uh, did any of you guys check it out, by the way, or you've been holding off? I want to. The only reason I haven't played it yet is because I wanted to hold it for a for a proper show night. It's one of my things. I don't play new stuff outside of my my main four show nights. So cool. So now it's been updated. Now's now's the perfect opportunity. I ordered my brown pants. So uh, you're you're ready. So come. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, the next bit of uh, quick news this week is Echo VR. 
possibly coming to Quest. Um, because this week, uh, the Lone Echo and Echo VR developers, Ready at Dawn, responded to a question on Twitter asking if they'll be bringing Echo VR, including obviously Echo Arena and Echo Combat, to the Oculus Quest. And the devs responded saying, uh, our devs are still experimenting with the Quest for now. Keep an eye out for updates in the future. Mm-hmm. So no confirmation that they're working on anything solidly but it's great to hear that they're trying this stuff out of course they you know been working with oculus for a long time and i think it's probably unlikely that we'll ever see lone echo or lone echo 2 on the quest because of the graphic scale and fidelity of that game you know it's super nice looking game um but it would be awesome if they could port over echo arena and echo combat you know they're small arenas um you know, with very sort of basic looking graphics. You could bake the so, lighting. You could definitely package yeah. that for mobile. And the freedom that you get from the Quest, no tether, no cable, <clears throat> is, yeah. is actually important for games like this. Yeah, exactly. And I think having like a really hardcore competitive game uh, for the launch of the Quest is going to be yes vital, I think, yeah. you know, regardless of what it is, whether it's this or something else. But I think that kind of competitive spirit, people really love that. Not that I'm a competitive player myself, mm. um, but I think it would be great to, I think, to launch I think with a game like that. multiplayer in general for the Quest is going to be good. Mm. Because sure. you could, if, if, if you know a few friends who own a Quest 2, you can easily come together and play something. So I'll I think a, it's I'll a great a low, party device too. I'll take a low poly from other sons any day, please. <laughs> <laughs> low poly. Yeah. Not going to happen, yeah. but I'd love it. Not that not, we didn't really mention it on last week's show, but we played uh, from other sons again the other the other day, didn't we, Zim? And yeah. Zim inspired me to play it again actually after <laughs> completing it. And now I'm like super intrigued what happens at the end. It's like I need to know. Um, but we got like what sixty percent to Earth. And 50% then, uh, and we are fucking dead. We are, we've got yeah, one, we're, we're pretty, one crew member we're left. Screwed. There's no way we're beating the game on this run, but hey, we'll, we'll get together point, again. There was a point where I was the only survivor left, the only human left, and then Zim and, and John Hibbins from SciTech Games was like robots, and they were basically getting murdered in, in this mission, so they were respawning back on the ship, and I'd see them run up the stairs, get on the teleporter, get murdered, Spawn in the ship, run up the stairs. Get to, I was just waving to them as they like do this like little merry-go-round. It's hilarious. But yeah, go and check out from other sons if you haven't checked it out already. I'm only thinking now, um, but next time we're in that that uh, that particular scenario, Mike, you're going to be the guy who reloads the guns. You know, <laughs> reload really, the ammo. Well, that yeah. said, I guess we were dropping them, so yeah. So, we so now to I, I make I, I make the tea, I sweep the floors, and reload the guns. That's my only role <laughs> on that. Yeah, off the rules, cleaner, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so let's move on to some other quick news, which is uh, the Rec Room stats. We got some interesting stats from Rec Room uh, this week. Uh, the devs uh, Against Gravity recently uh, posted a blog post on their website with a roundup of all the, the great work they did in 2018. And, uh, you know, this, this is still amazing. It still amazes me that this is a free application uh, because they had some incredible updates last year. They had uh, new quests. Uh, they had Rec Royale, which was obviously their take on the Battle Royale genre, which was super fun. Yeah. Um, and they also implemented player-created rooms, so people can go and create their own rooms and own content for other people to enjoy. And here's some really interesting stats uh, from their experience in 2018. They had over 400,000 player-created rooms made, um, 70 million room visits by other people, um, apparently 40% of all player time is now spent in player created rooms, which is incredible. Um, player created rooms have been visited over 300,000 times over 5 million photos have been taken 
5.2 million friends have been made. And the most interesting stat of all yeah. is that Rec Room has been installed on over 1 million VR headsets, which obviously covers PC and PSVR headsets. Uh, so that's pretty pretty decent. Like 1 million installs across PC VR headsets is, is pretty incredible. And I'd, I'd imagine it rates out there as one of the most installed. Wait, wait, so that doesn't even include PlayStation yet? No, it does. It does. Oh, it does. It's okay. got yeah. to. It's got I was to. Like, Whoa, <laughs> so it's going to be even bigger now. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's great. And also, they added, obviously, support so people that don't even own a headset can jump into the game as well now. Um, but it's really interesting, like, 1 million installed on PC and PSVR headsets is, is a great Plus, number. Plus, maybe Rec Room on the Quest. I mean, they they, they have been kind of winking at that, so... That game would work so well on Quest. It would. Know? That's another one of those, like, they would they would utilize the freedom of the, the movement. But also, yeah. it's... To me, when I think of Rec Room, if I was to describe it to somebody who wasn't in the VR scene, I'd say, uh, for the youth of today's world, it is actually the same as Fortnite. It's like a meetup place. It's a place where you hang out with your friends, you just kind of chill out, and you play a myriad of things together. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the only caveat that I'd give it is that if you're an older, more mature person, then you might find it a bit too (laughs) immature and a bit too childish for your liking. You meet up with your friends there, I think. I mean, I play still regularly and i never really have any problems but i, I make like yeah. private rooms and invite people and also uh the thing with rec room is is that it's a uh, it's just an amazing kind of title uh in general there's always something that you'll like to do there so yeah i i don't really know if it will be a launch title with the quest but i, I think it would be weird if they would not bring it eventually to the quest yeah it would totally make sense it's, it's also it like quest. honestly it's one of the only games i played where i was able to uh, uh, communicate and interact with people that are on PlayStation VR. I, I rarely yeah. play any title that allows me to, you know, there's so many places VR players in there just, you know, uniting with the PC ones and it and it works. Mm-hmm. So And also yeah. since, since it's free, it's one of those titles that you just have to try. When, when you buy a virtual reality asset and you go into a rec room, you have a perfect idea of what VR should be about. And I think mm-hmm. that is a very strong point. I only have one strong point for this for the dev team, which is those bloody coach emails that say, hey, you've got a friend. There's no bloody unsubscribe button on that. It's like it's one of those like go manage your settings on this page. Then if you don't have your login mm-hmm. or whatever, it's a pain in the ass. So if you <laughs> yeah, can change that, I'd yeah, love Yeah, you can it. change that. You can, but you need to go to recnet. Dot, or, or that's is what it, I'm wait, saying. It's rec.net. Yes. Yeah, but that, you can't like, do it in game. No. Be, be nice. Let people unsubscribe from those <laughs> emails from the email you get. Yeah, that's what you yeah, should be doing. No, I agree. But, but, a really interesting experience is if you ever go in there with PSVR Frank or Nathy, like they get recognized and like surrounded by groups <laughs> of people instantly. It's hilarious to watch. But, it's like uh, it's, it's like someone famous, you know, on a Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> being swarmed by fans. That's what it looks like. It's, it's so funny. The, the one thing that stands out to me in Rec Room is when you go in for a game, even if you ha- use the setting to say match me with like older players or whatever, um, inevitably you're you're matched but you notice the height of other players like that just stands out so strongly like you've got so many uh people who are like vertically challenged you know (laughs) we're just like me included yeah Yeah. but it's just it's just really (laughs) funny like some of them you're like that guy's got the headset on the floor and then they're walking around you're like oh no no that's just a kid that's like yeah Yeah. that's a very short kid (laughs) there you go exactly so uh, yeah rec room killing it as always uh so let's move on to 
one of the bis- biggest disappointments of this week. Like, oh my days, how disappointed were we? And we're talking about Alien Blackout, of course. We've been talking about a new Alien game coming on the show for such a long time now. And I had my fingers and toes crossed for a sequel to Alien Isolation uh, with full VR support. And the thing is, you know, I just felt like it was going to happen because, you know, the amount of attention that the Mother VR mod got and the community loves the Mother VR mod for Alien Isolation. If you're not aware, it just mods the game so you can play it in VR. Um, And we knew that there was a new Alien game coming out. So we were all kind of like hoping, dreaming that this would uh, sort of fulfill our dreams. But sadly, we were disappointed because Alien Blackout was finally announced this week. And it's a mobile only game. So it's not even a a PC game or a console game. It's a mobile game coming to iOS. I think, I think they like said together, it's like, you know, this new alien thing is like getting a lot of attention. You know, it's like, you should look on Reddit. Look how many VR users want like an alien game. They're like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's just, so how many VR users are there? Hmm. Now nah, we go mobile. We go mobile. There's more money there. There's more money there. Like, hell, Diablo's <laughs> doing it. So, feck it. Why not? Let's just go yeah. <laughs> capitalize on the mobile. Pokemon did well. Surely, alien yeah. Will. And that's the thing. Like, it kind of had a very similar backlash from the community that Diablo did with Blizzard because so many people were upset about it. Uh, I think Angry Joe did a video about it as well that he was really upset about it. Um, but interestingly, we have got a glimmer of hope. So bear oh. with me. Uh, I did some research today and it turns out that Alien Blackout is developed by a studio called Rival Games. Mm. And previously when I talked about this game, I thought it was developed by another studio uh, called Cold Iron Studios. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that they're actually developing another game. So it is another alien game developed by this other studio that is still to be released or like more details announced. All we know so far is that it's coming to console and PC and it's going to be a massively multiplayer online shooter. Uh, But that's it. So obviously we don't know if it's going to have VR support. Well, there is still a little bit of hope left. We can still pray. Alien because how would a massively online multiplayer shooter work in the alien genre? Alien versus Predator. So, so, yeah. so maybe, uh, you know, you group up as a, as a team of Marines and then you can take on planets oh, or missions yeah. together. Maybe that would be kind of cool. Maybe like a Destiny style. It doesn't have to do with alien isolation mode. We can like bang that and like... Side, yeah. <laughs> but who but, wants We don't know. We don't know yet. We don't do, know. Do you guys feel at all burnt out on Alien Isolation? I, I played it a load and like I wouldn't want Alien Isolation 2. You know? I'd want something. I would. You, you would go for a second kind of yeah, run with Amanda? It, although I would like it if it was aliens rather than aliens. So there was multiple aliens and I was with the Colonel Marines and they ditched all the androids. I, I think there is a lot more to be explored also on planets. I think that yeah. the, there could be more there single player wise. Mm. But honestly, I feel like I got clickbaited by the Game Awards and, and by all those yeah. tweets they send yeah. out. It's it's not cool. But remember, you, you all have phones, right? So you can just play it. No. no. Immersion that's factor. What, that's what, that's what the, <laughs> they said uh, at the Diablo event. You have yeah. phones, right? So what are you complaining about? Yeah, deal with it. <laughs> yeah, deal with it. Like, like you I don't mean, like it, don't play it. Like, I'm, like I'm EA more, said. You I'm know? more forgiving for something like Diablo. Like, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard good reports about Diablo on Switch and the, a Diablo mobile game. I actually think being a longtime Diablo fan makes some sense. Like, of course, it's not the thing to bring on big stage. That's not a smart way to release it. But this one? Okay. I, I don't know. I, I, a horror game on mobile. Have you ever, any of you, played 
an immersive horror experience on mobile that you liked. Yeah, I did in cardboard. <laughs> I, I never play games on my phone, so I, I, I can't really. Uh, okay. Yeah, some people no, are like that. There's, like, only one place, there's only one place where people play games on their phones. Hmm? And everyone does <laughs> cute rowdy, cute. We yeah, we know <laughs> but, the answer to that puzzle. But but after after Sim saying that he likes uh, Diablo on, on 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 mobile, I think he needs to uh, take a new address because uh, the, the pitchforks are getting uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. sharpened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that was uh, some quick news this week. Anticlimactic so for sure. <laughs> actually, actually, before we move on to game wow. releases, before we hand it over to Zim. Let's find out what everyone in the chat's been playing. We didn't ask them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, no, I usually uh, ask, but since I have no, <laughs> you know, but uh, yes, please let us know. Please. Yeah, if also, you, if, you if you haven't subscribed yet, please yeah. do. We're almost at a thousand. So. Almost. Almost. almost probably going to be Diablo Mobile. Mm. <laughs> so any any uh, any comments about what people played this, this weekend? Yes. Yeah. Can a Byron uh, play Fallout 4? Uh, Echo Combat or Weak, uh, Iron Wolf. Oh, I love that one. Mm. Uh, Contractors. Have you, have you played Iron Wolf, Rowdy? Have you played Iron Wolf? I've played Iron Wolf. Is it good? Yeah, I have. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a pretty decent like simulator game. Like World War Two sniper type thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been on my wish list for like a year, which is why I'm asking. I think I it's the most fun with a friend, by the way, not not standalone. It's great okay. multiplayer. Yeah, co-op. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Someone threw up in his bed and went to bed. He had a great night, he says. From other sons, I see as well. And uh, Gorn, what took played Gorn. Gorn, always Gorn Hub. Beat Saber. Yeah, people have been playing a lot of games actually. Paradise EK cool. played Farpoint. Ah, a lot of classics. Oh, ah, yeah. Farpoint. I still brilliant. need to play that game. I yeah, still need I to play that game. Like, did you get to it already? or? Uh, no, I should. I'm still- I'm sticking to Didn't I give you a bundle of that? Oh, no, no, yes, I don't think so. Yes, did I? Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole video, the begun, and all that. And That's what makes it even worse that I've had no, this. I feel, like, I feel very since sad. Look at PSVR. Me. He betrayed I me. I, I'm giving him a present and he's not even using it. <laughs> don't even play it. <laughs> if you're watching the video podcast, you can see the palpable guilt in Mike's face right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for buffering. Friendship. Friendship is over. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. But on Facebook, played uh, Subnautica. Hey. Oh, cool. I actually played some cool. as well, but it wasn't in VR. Points oh, from me. Oh. Um, the one thing I was going to say about Farpoint is you wouldn't think it, but Farpoint and the Invisible Hours were written by the same gentleman. And they both have good stories. So, and that same gentleman was recently hired by Valve. Uh huh. And is working on Half Life Three VR. Anyway, that's for another yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it if he he's that got the skills. Amazing, that's yeah. all I'm going to say. Uh, Rob Yescom is the guy's name. All right, Zim so knows we, Morse people. He knows everything. I, I know Morse code. Um, well, anyway, not for another day. Um, releases. <laughs> so let's, uh, yeah, let's hand it over to Zim for the lowdown on the games that we should and maybe shouldn't be playing. Next week. <laughs> He's referring to last week's Tower of Pizza, clearly. Um, yeah, the Temple of Pizza. Did anyone try the Temple of Pizza last <laughs> week? <laughs> I should have tried it. I was excited about it. I feel no. bad I'm giving the developer any spotlight anymore. we get to stop talking about it. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. All right. So this week, what do we have? We have actually some... Uh, the total pedigree of this week's games exceeds 50 years in gaming. So... 
Uh, this is not a this is not for the faint hearted. This is for people who who know these long baked series. So, firstly, the one I'm going to start off with is Disney and Square Enix. Uh, Disney and Square Enix have been working on Kingdom Hearts VR experience, which is a 10-minute um, uh, uh, PSVR uh, experience. It's going to be landing for free Jan 18th. So uh, this one's really interesting. So one thing I was going to say was, as teased by uh, a YouTuber called Keyblade Sarah uh, in VR chat, who released a whole series of videos of this, finally, uh, Kingdom Hearts is actually coming to VR. So um, I'm running the, uh, the the kind of yeah trailer <laughs> for this game. It doesn't show you very much. There are some screenshots and things like that available that look a bit better than the trailer. The trailer actually launched back in like September. But if you're a fan of uh, Kingdom Hearts or maybe you don't know anything about it, I didn't know very much. As I said, I'm not a Sony guy and it's not been something uh, that I've known much about. But Kingdom Hearts, huge Kingdom Hearts is like a huge game. Um, you know, it was first released in 2002 on PlayStation 2. Uh, the next the next game I'll be talking about has similar uh, similar pedigree. Um, but basically, I'll, just, I'll tell you a little bit about this uh, this title. So as I said, it's about it's a 10-minute free-to-download kind of interactive music-based experience. There are VR elements, and you do unlock things as you play it. Um, for those who don't know Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts is like a series of crossover action role-playing games developed and published by Square Enix and Disney in partnership, um, which is interesting because, uh, you know, there's this director involved with that project who worked on a lot of the Square Enix characters, and you can see that. Uh, one of the things you, you might notice that surprises you about this is that it's a crossover of various kind of Disney characters, and the majority of the characters in this fictional universe are from Disney. Uh, it's got things from Pixar, Final Fantasy, The World Ends, Whole bunch of different things. It's really weird because at, at a certain point you're like playing with like Squall, and then you like need to meet up with like Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. So I, I played it a little bit, but it didn't really click with me. Uh, but I understand why people would like it, though. You mean I, you mean I, you've I, played I, the, the kind of well. flat Kingdom Hearts games? Yeah, the flat, flat. Yeah, Kingdom yeah. Hearts. This is one of those games that is landing in. So this is landing in Japan first. It's not clear if we're getting a Western release on the same day or if it'll be delayed um it was originally planned for a 25th of december christmas day release and then was delayed and they said that they were going to release kind of a a second phase additional content uh to this then some some point later uh, which was meant to be kind of a month later in january so now that's gotten bumped back a notch so we've got this coming out the, the, the 18th of january and now early 2019 the second bit coming it's coming for free. It's coming on PSVR. And an interesting statistic here, uh, Mike is always inspiring me to look after statistics, uh, is that Kingdom Hearts has shipped more than 25 million copies worldwide as of June wow. 2018. Hmm. So uh, not a small title, but I can say I've not played this. I'm glad you have, Rowdy. Either you other two guys, you, you played Kingdom Hearts before? Yeah. Yeah. Never, I finished it. the first one and the second one. Huh? It's, it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, but... What I would have loved to see in the third one was that third-person view you have in Astrobot, for example, and just play the entire thing that way. But now they go for first-person. Well, as far as I know, Kingdom Hearts has, has never been first-person. So I'm like, oh, they, they just look at VR like, oh, it needs to be first-person. So let's just make something there. And 
based on what what I see on the trailer, it's kind of like a wave-based uh, thingy there. But it's free, so I can't complain. But in the end, it would have been so cool if they just made a VR support thing. I was equally yeah. under-impressed with the wave-based piece. Thankfully, that's one part of the experience. And you're going to go from like a okay. whole bunch of different bits. The oh, screenshots cute. I saw were much more promising and actually looked mm. like AAA in terms of their polish and shine. So okay. definitely something I'll be checking out. This reminds me quite strongly of... There was another PSVR game with... Uh, can't remember the name of it now. It's got this kind of dog bird. Anyone, Mike, you might know what I'm talking about. My, 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 my little girl loves it. it uh, it's free. Oh, my dog bird. You know what I'm the talking dog about. Bird. Uh, the dog bird? Trico. Trico. Um, uh, someone, someone in chat will, will help round this out. But there's a free... can, you, can you describe its shape and its the sounds it makes? It's, like... it's not Shadow of the Colossus, but it's like something similar. Yeah, exactly. You've got this yeah. whole kind of arena that looks almost as a dog bird in it. <laughs> but, uh, not Shadow of the Colossus. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure that out and, and let you know what it is. Game two. All right. I'll tell you about the next thing. So this one, um, if, if, if you have an itch for uh, getting into the skies, this one is Ace Combat 7. Um, I think Nathan tweeted about this uh, earlier in the week as well. Um, so this, this, this looks like uh, quite an interesting uh, flying title. Um, so it, again, it's another really well-established console series. I didn't, it, when I saw this name, I didn't link it back. But this, uh, the original was released in 1995. So some of you who are watching probably weren't even born then. Um, and and I remember various bits of this going along, but there's a ton of games. Um, they've sold 14 million copies, 17 games in that time, um, and mostly on the, the the PlayStation platform. Again, original originally on PS2. This game that's coming out, it's got kind of a hangar mode. It's got an air show mode. Looks pretty darn good for PSVR, I got to say, um, in terms of the kind of uh, simulation kind of action that they've got. And they're going for this kind of middle ground between sim and, and, an action game. Uh, again, this is by Bandai Namco. Uh, this is a full price game. So do expect to pay 59.99 USD, um, or about 45 pounds, uh, in the UK. Um, this is releasing on, yep. Zim. Oh, uh, I was going to no, say, go uh, so this is releasing Finish on PS4 and Xbox One. Of course, Xbox One, you guys don't have the VR support, but the VR mode comes with the full game. So you're actually getting the, the kind of pancake game uh, with the VR mode on it. The previous game you were talking about, was it The, yeah, Last, the Guardian? Last Guardian People VR? That is a beautiful Bingo. experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I so, heard that Ace Combat, this one that is coming out, um, features VR experiences so it's not like you can play the full game in vr i'm not sure but people said that there are maybe three or four missions in there that are specifically made to be in vr so don't expect to buy the game and then Uh, think that you can play everything in vr yeah because i'm actually really hyped about this uh game i'm really looking forward to playing it Uh, but yeah i did some research as well and um there is only select missions you can play using the psvr um, it's also worth noting you can't play the multiplayer in VR either. Um, the, the, the game is actually coming out on PC as well on the 1st of February, but I also found out that it's going to be exclusive. The VR missions are exclusive to PSVR for a, a whole year. Whoa. So wow. you can only play it on PSVR in VR for a year. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Well, thank you for that caveat, Nathan and Mike, because uh, that is not something I caught. Um, no those worries. are important. Um and, and and for my kind of my third bit of, of release news this week, I wanted to kind of answer that itch because when I saw this on, on PSVR, of course, the first thing you do is you go and you say, 
well, what else is on PC? And there's a couple of titles, which I think are probably not worth your time, and one that I think is that you may have missed midsummer. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna rattle through those. So the, the names of the games that I'm gonna talk about shortly are Flying Aces Navy Pilot Simulator, uh, VR Flight Simulator New York Cessna, and finally Project Wingman. Uh, for anyone who actually managed to back that on Kickstarter. Now, of these three, it's the third one that I find to be most enticing. There is a free demo available, which is nice because you can hop into that. The other two are paid games, so I'll cover that just for a moment. Flying Aces uh, Navy Pilot Simulator. I don't have a video for that up at the moment. That one's uh, 20 US dollars, 15.49 in pounds. I played this uh, yesterday and um, was not all that impressed. I had something that happened to me in this game. Firstly, the initial handshake was just way off. Like the voice acting sounds like, like somebody got their brother to do the voice acting and record uh, the first, you know, encounter with the person who's giving you your mission. And then the weirdest thing happened to me, a kind of like an, a reverse fisheye effect on, um, on, on, on the cabin. Like you've got a nicely detailed interior I'm looking around you, you know, you flick some switches. It teaches you how to actually take off a plane, um, a fighter, but there was like this really strange effect. And I wonder if any of you played it because my glove hand uh, was, it almost felt like they were playing tricks on, in terms of scale where my hand, you know, is far away from me. And as it comes closer, it feels like it's going through orders of magnitude growth. And then yeah. the detail was really nice, but the overall effect, I've never felt that in a VR game before. Really strange. They're doing some kind of trickery. Mike, did you find something? So Let's basically what it was, I, I watched a Paradise Decay's video on it, and uh, he experienced exactly the same thing uh, to the point where he was compelled to write, you know, a, a bad review on, on the, the Oculus Store, which is great because, you know, I think people need to know when a game is equally as good or bad. So, you know, if you can, always re- leave reviews. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he, he had the same opinion of it. So I don't know if it's mm. something they can fix or it, it's just the game's broken. I, I feel like they're, again, I feel like they're, they're making a trick. So this is, the game we're talking about is Flying Aces. Navy Pilot yeah. Simulator. It feels like they're doing some kind of trick to give you maybe the the the, the full breadth of the cockpit and a smaller and smaller space or something. I couldn't put my mm-hmm. finger on what they were doing, but it was the first time after 750 VR titles that I've felt that in a game. It didn't make me nauseous, but wow. it was weird. Hmm. Jarring. So yeah. that's that one. Now there, there is a promising um, Steam title. So that, that was kind of like the maybe say Rift. That's available. They're both available on uh, PC VR, so both platforms. But this one I wanted to show you as well. So there's a game called um, uh, VR Flight Simulator New York Cessna, which tells me just by the the context of the title that they're they're kind of trying to come out with uh, with more like this. But I want to show you what this game looks like because it, although it looks quite promising. Unfortunately, the reviews aren't as uh, aren't as glowing. Um, this one has you flying in a Cessna 172, quite a small plane over New York City. Uh, the city landscape is quite detailed, and actually, to be honest, looking at it, it reminds me of kind of the you know 95 Microsoft Flight Simulator and the kind of joy you'd get from that. You know, just kind of basic interior cockpit, being able to fly around. And I thought, oh, this looks pretty good. People did did report a number of uh, issues with the game, um, inversion to the steering column, a few different things uh, in terms of the sound and the makeup of the actual plane itself. So this game uh, may be worth a dip for you if you're into something like this, because um, it's only five quid on, on Steam <laughs> in, 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 in pounds. I didn't catch is, the US it, price, probably $7. Is it single player? Single player only. Oh, yeah. Imagine like having someone next to you in a seat and you're like the, the, the tourist guy. Like this is New York over here. You see this and the other person's like, oh, wow, nice. It, it would be so fun. That actually <laughs> would be, that would be hilarious fun, I think. Yeah. So yeah. 
the, the, the final thing that I wanted to highlight, and because this game, just in terms of its look, its premise, where it's going, the fact that it's a funded Kickstarter and it's expected to deliver uh, later this year. Uh, I think they cited May 2019. This is from developer Abby Romani. And um, I'm just going to run a reel of this. It looks gorgeous. And actually the various modes that are available in the latest released footage uh, really it shows some prowess. They haven't you know, put too much HUD uh, jammed in there in the game. You have interior cockpit view, you have exterior view, and just generally what you're seeing um, in the in the kind of uh, the gameplay footage, I think is is really promising here. So just read a little bit about uh, Project Wingman, which, as I said, was was uh, closed out on on Kickstarter. You can't back it anymore. I don't know what the release pricing looks like yet, uh, but as I said, May is when when it's planned to come out. So the Sunreal Engine 4 game is an independently developed combat flight action game to be re- released on PC with an emphasis on fun and refined gameplay, true to its roots, inspirations, and an engaging single-player experience. So again, another single-player game, but if you're looking for something, I mean, it's one of the things that I really liked and caught my eye was like the rain effects on the cockpit window. I thought it was really, really interesting. So this says, perfect for those who aren't looking for a simulator experience with the ease of pickup and play, all the way to those who want a fast-paced, challenging flight action game. And so Hmm. I I think, I don't know how much experience you guys have had with these things, but I think if you're going to do, you know, a proper uh, flight game, Anyone who's interested in that is going to have a HOTAS, a hands-on throttle and stick uh, combination, or an analog stick. You can get away with that in these games. But for that kind of nuanced control, uh, this game, to me, looks very promising. And there is a free demo available on Itch. So while you're over there to download PT, pick this one up as well Hmm. and give it a go. The funny thing is, uh, in the chat, there were uh, Warcut was wondering uh, whether it was actually uh, like a dating simulator, uh, hence the name, like you know, uh, Project Wingman. That's <laughs> 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 oh, freaking brilliant. That nice. brilliant. Best comment today. Yeah, I like that. So that's it. That's the roundup yeah. for uh, the releases coming up so far, and uh, those were our highlights for for today. Awesome. Awesome. Ace Combat. I'm so hyped for that game. I think it looks gorgeous and I'm really excited to play it. Also, uh, uh, one more reaction. Uh, this this one came from VR Gamer Dude based on uh, Ace Combat and uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts. He says, seeing too many of these VR experience sections in new games lately just give us the, the entire dang game. Well, yeah. wait for, for VR to go mainstream, man. It's going to happen. Just yeah. be a little yeah. bit more patient. The reason why they're not giving it is because it's not there. But the, yeah, but the thing is, like, I mean, you're still seeing, and, and coming out of 2018, which you could have said had Sony's hallmark on it, like coming into 2019, they they are, are still putting major brands pushing VR. Even if it's just experiences, it still tells me they're trying to get this funded yeah. because they're trying to seed it into people's interest and then see, you know, just like the, the Guardians game, uh, just see if people are interested and, in, you know, if we can invest. Yep. They did that with Battlefield as well, or Battlefront, didn't they? The Star yeah. Wars game that you had an X-Wing experience that you could experience mm. in VR only. So I, I do agree that, that those kind of like tack-on experiences will be kind of, you know, staple for a while and eventually it'll switch yes. over. But I think it's great to have these little tasters anyway. I don't mind so yep. much right now. As, as long as they're premium ones, I don't mind. We still want the fully fledged ones. So, yeah, John, I, I, I hear you, man. Yeah. yeah, a full X-Wing game would be incredible. Don't even tease me, Mike, please. Yes. 
Sorry, sorry. Uh, so let's uh, move on to uh, some of our main topics then and talk about, of course, the news from CES 2019. There was so much stuff going on this week. It was awesome to be sort of a, a VR enthusiast and sort of lap all this new information up. It was great. Uh, so let's start off first with the graphics cards, because this is, of course, what we need to power all these VR experiences anyway. So uh, NVIDIA were the ones that kind of kicked off the show, and uh, they had the reveal of their RTX 2060 graphics card. Now, this is a VR-ready card that features the new virtual link connector that we've discussed previously on the show, which is a single USB-C connector. So they basically want to streamline everything to make it easier for new users. You just plug in a single cable into your graphics card and you're good to go. Uh, And this new RTX 2060 features this connector. uh, And it's actually the cheapest of the 20 series cards that feature Mm -hmm. this connector. And it's going to be launching on the 15th of January at $349. So pretty affordable for a Mm VR-ready card, I thought. So uh, hats off to NVIDIA for that. Uh, I've seen comments, though, of a lot of people that they were expecting the price to be even lower. They were saying like this should have been the price for like uh, the the previous generation card. Uh, if you, if you compare yeah. compare it to like the the previous generation, then it is a bit more expensive, or quite a bit more expensive uh, compared to the previous one. So yeah. Yeah, I guess it depends on what features you want, really. If RT, if ray tracing, although it's not in many games right now, is important to you, or this virtual link connector is important to you, maybe you want to go this way. Because I think virtual link is definitely going to be the standard yeah. in the future. So it, you're kind of future-proofing in a way, and that's what you're paying the premium price for, in my mind. Um, but NVIDIA also announced RTX and virtual link-equipped laptops. Uh, so taking PC VR on the go will be much easier in the future as well. So that's kind of interesting. I know a lot of devs will be really happy about that, especially when they're demoing at sort of indie shows and stuff like that. Um, But during their conference, NVIDIA also had some really interesting stats as they stated that 4 million PC VR headsets had been sold to date. And this was really interesting to hear is this is the first time really that we've had some stats from a big manufacturer because all the other manufacturers, Oculus, HTC, they're kind of like quiet about these kind of stats. They don't tend to release them really. It's only PSVR that tends to, you know, give these huge milestones that they're hitting just recently. So it's kind of interesting to see that there is kind of a big market out there, 4 million. Wait, uh, wait, so that, so that means that means that VR is not dead. VR isn't being crushed I'm or struggling, my, Aquinas, to learn its tech tips. Yeah. Wait, I got yeah. tricked for so long. You did, you did. You got clickbaited by Linus. Congratulations. Yes, I did. Um, so next up, uh, we had AMD obviously launching their own graphics card as well at CES, and that was the, the Radeon Vega 7. And this is direct competition for the uh, uh, NVIDIA RTX 2080 graphics cards because they're a similar price point uh the 2080 obviously launched back at gamescom last year and uh, this new radeon card uh from amd features 16 gigabytes of video memory compared to the 2080s eight gigabytes uh it also has a bandwidth of a whopping one terabyte so this is going to be a blistering fast card but the only disappointing thing is that this isn't going to feature the new virtual link connector which is a real disappointment i think uh, in my eyes because they are part of this virtual link consortium group, and they all agreed, NVIDIA, Oculus, HTC, AMD, everyone got together and agreed on this one single standard for the future mm. of virtual reality in this virtual link connector. But it just seems that they're not putting it in this new card, which is a real yeah. shame, really. Um, but it's going to be a fast card anyway, and it still obviously work with current-gen headsets. Uh, and that's going to be launching on the 7th of February for $699. So if you're looking for a higher-end card, uh, maybe it's worth comparing the specs of the 2080 and this new Vega 7 card to see which one's going to give you the best bang for your buck. 
Uh, so that's kind of interesting in terms of graphics cards. Let's move on to VR headsets. Uh, let's start it off with HTC with their Vive Pro I. Now, this is the same Vive Pro uh, as before with the same specs, uh, 1440 by 1600 pixels per eye displays, at 110 degrees field of view with a 90 hertz refresh rate. Uh, visually, the only difference between this and the OG Vive Pro is that it's got blue rings around the front facing eye cameras. So beautiful. So beautiful. Want it for that alone. <laughs> Um, obviously, the new key feature of this headset is the integrated eye tracking, which comes from the partnership with HTC and Toby Eye Tracking, who are the current market leaders in eye tra tracking technology. Uh, of course, this headset is aimed at enterprise uh, customers for business applications. Uh, the key feature, obviously, is eye tracking is really great for uh, gaze-based UI navigation. So you can access menus really easily just by looking at them. And this is great for people showing off demos and concepts to clients without having to teach them how to use like complicated controllers if they've never used VR before. So it's kind of making an easier barrier to entry for, for, for demoing uh, for, for clients. Another key feature, obviously, of course, is uh, dynamic foveated rendering which we've mentioned on the show before and this works by knowing exactly where you're looking in real time so where you're looking on the display that will be at the highest possible uh, quality everything else in your peripheral vision will be at a lower rendered quality so it means that you've got a bit of a headroom performance on your graphics card because it's only rendering that little spot at the highest uh, quality it doesn't have to render the whole panel at the full quality we, we have someone in the chat to set, and all of that is available for just the low price of your mortgage. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be super expensive. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, this is the, like the Vive Pro even now is super expensive as a package. And I would never really recommend it at that price because it is just ridiculous. But again, it's, it's, it's aimed at enterprise. It's not aimed at us, although pro prosumers pro consumers do buy it of course yeah, of course people will buy it that's why they uh, why they make the consumer available but the the, the funny thing about this like uh, this this five you know headsets that are being released they keep on adding i don't know if you guys noticed but they keep on adding like one little extension after each like headset they were like release of the five like they started with the ht5 then it became the ht5 pro then it's going to become the HD5 Pro I, and now it's going to become what, like the HD5 HD Pro I 4K or like, yeah. you know, like something even... The HTC Vive Pro I Max S. iPhone names, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you be ticked yeah, off is... if you just bought a Vive Pro and you're like, eh. well... <laughs> This is this is my point, and it's, it's a really valid point because what I really want to know is is if you can buy these Toby I modules and upgrade it's your current Vive Pro. Um, but obviously, we didn't get that information at all, so it would be kind of interesting. I'm sure the Vive Pro does have all the same uh, kit there that it needs, so it's a possibility, I guess. I want to know if uh, I can draw those blue rings on my own Vive, like you know. You, you can do that. You can do that at home, Rowdy. You can do that at home. Um, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, eye tracking, obviously, there's no games or anything. So, like, really pro gamers or prosumers don't really need this right now. So I think it will just stick with the, the businesses. Uh, but the, the most interesting headset, of course, is the HTC Vive Cosmos. Uh, this was also announced at the show and kind of came out of uh, nowhere a little bit. You know, we had a little bit of a tease with a, a name on a box being CO, and some people maybe thought it might be gloves or something else. But, yeah, it was the Cosmos. And this new headset from HTC... It isn't standalone. It's just worth noting that from the very beginning. It's not standalone. It's still a tethered P uh, headset, although you will have the option to tether it to a PC 
or a mobile device. And that's the most interesting part about this headset. Uh, and it seems like they're going to be using the new virtual link connector, like I said, USB-C connector. Of course, it features uh, six degrees of freedom head tracking and six degrees of freedom controllers. And it uses inside out tracking, just like the Windows mixed reality headsets do. And uh, comes with these two fully tracked controllers that kind of look like Quest controllers because they've got this inverted tracking ring and mm. thumbsticks. So it's, they're almost identical to the Quest controllers, which I personally welcome because I think it's great because we've almost got like a bit of a standard platform that developers can port their games over to yeah. really easily uh, without too much messing around. So that's kind of good in a way. Um, but it seems like this kind of design, being able to plug it into PC and being plug it into mobile, is kind of like almost the N- Nintendo Switch of VR. And it's funny because when the Quest was announced, a lot of people were asking for that. So it seems like they were listening to that kind of feedback from the community, and they've kind of delivered that in this headset. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think about the Cosmos? I got some thoughts about that last part you said because I, I've been like getting a lot of comments from people as well. I wanted to know what I thought about. It. Like, you know, uh, are you going to get? Would I, should I get like the um, the Vive Cosmos now, or should I get the Vive que- uh, the Oculus Quest? Because with the Vive Cosmos, I can attach it to my PC. But then. It kind of made me think, like, you know, do I really need another headset that connects to my PC with a with a cable? For, for me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then if I look at what the Oculus Quest is delivering, it's, um, it's a system. You know, it's it's not it's not selling a, a product. There's an entire system that you're buying. You know, it's the operating system is on there, uh, the, uh, uh, the the games that you're going to be buying for it, the the compatibility with other with other uh, games already released, uh, the the headset itself. So it's an entire package that you're buying. And I still am more inclined to go with the Oculus Quest simply because I know that will be a standalone device that will be supported by Oculus Studios. And for me, content is still more important than the headset that I'm actually using. So if that is an HD Vive or HD Vive Pro, I don't really care about that. I want the content that is being delivered on there to be superb. And I still have the feeling that it's more with the Quest and with the HD Vive and the Pro and HD Vive Pro I and the Cosmos, I don't really know what kind of content is going to be developed for that because with another headset joining the ranks, there's going to be compatibility issues. There's going to be like developers that have to like implement that now as well because the the quality might be, some people will be probably using it um, only as a mobile device. So you only have like a certain subset of games on there. And with the PC, you're going to be tethering it, but we don't really know how that will work, if that will work properly. Mm -hmm. So... I'm still not really convinced on that tethering to the PC, and there must be a reason why Oculus is not doing it. Yeah. Well, I think I think the thing is here, like it's going to be Steam VR compatible. We know that already. The, the HTC have confirmed that. So mm. the tethering to the PC, you're going to be able to play Steam VR games. You're also going to have access to Viveport, which we're going to touch on a little bit later on. Mm. But I think that, that when you take it on the on the go, mobile, you'll just have access to Viveport mobile store. Um, but of course, the key thing here is that you're going to need a compatible mobile phone, and you know, obviously, it's likely to be a HTC mobile phone that is compatible with this and maybe a vive branded phone we don't even know yet um so that's going to be kind of interesting to see what they do but even if you're not going to take it on mobile with you you might be interested to hear the possible specs of this headset because the other thing is like of course being inside out tracking you don't have the base stations to worry about these controllers do look really nice uh, as well because that was one of the biggest criticisms of the vive as well as these yeah. ones yeah. um and also like 
the thing is, at CES, um, Qualcomm was showing off a reference design headset. And basically what they do is they, they make headsets to say, this is kind of like the standard that we kind of set. If you want to use this uh, hardware blueprint, you can use that on your own headset. And that's pretty much, it seems, what HTC have done with the Cosmos is that they've used this new Qualcomm design and integrated it into the Cosmos. Yep. And basically... Yeah, true. It kind of gives us a bit of a sneak peek at what the specs could be in terms of resolution and display in this Cosmos, uh, because this Qualcomm headset was also tethered to a mobile device as well. So it borrows a lot from uh, from the headset. Mm. And if it's true, then the Cosmos could feature a, a resolution of 2160 by 2160 display panels. So that's per eye, which is even higher resolution than the current Vive Pro. So you could have a super high resolution uh, PC headset that just plugs in with a single cable inside out tracking like Windows MR and has got these super nice controllers as well. So I think, you know, it's a really compelling experience and we shouldn't overlook the fact that really the main use point for this is going to be PC with the added benefit of taking on the go. I don't see anyone buying this device because they want to have a mobile headset because it wouldn't make sense to be doing this then. Uh, I think it's then indeed like the selling point is more like for the PC theater and then just having a better headset. Fair so it's actually competing then with the HC Vive, the HC Vive Pro, the HC Vive Pro I. It's more competing with those kind of headsets than it will be on the mobile market. I'm not market. so sure because in the end, uh, people that did have a phone could only use a cardboard or a Samsung Gear VR, those kind of devices. And now you can actually make your phone the thing that runs the headset. And phones are very powerful nowadays. And I don't think HTC is going to go for HTC-only phones. I do think it will work best, of course, with their brand. But let's say we have the Razer phone out there. We have a lot of gaming phones too nowadays. So, but there it, will not be a phone. How will, will they be running such a resolution without? Well, that's like, the thing. That's yeah. what they didn't announce yet. That's what we are waiting for right now. With, with, with cardboard headsets as well. So the game that they are developing needs to support cardboard and this kind of headset. No, no, as no, well. no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I think you're being confused. This, this, this doesn't. The, the phone doesn't go into the headset. It, no. the, the, it connects it's to the a, phone via USB-C. Like but that's, yeah. yeah, I know. That, that's yeah. actually one of the but, things I wanted to jump on because when I saw this and you and and after the days uh, clouds cleared and it was obvious that the thing wasn't going to be wireless, uh, and you know that wave yeah. of disappointment washed over me. Heat dissipation seems to be a problem here by just by design in terms of the logistics. Because if you've got that phone, where are you going to put it? Most people are going to stick it in their pocket. That's not a good place for a phone that might have a cover on it if you're the kind of who drops your phone or whatever. Like the heat that's generated in this device. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Go gets away with that because it's an aluminum cover or whatever, and it's, it's dissipating out the front. Um, and you're, you're probably not that wise if you cover it with a sticker or whatever. But um, mm -hmm. one of the issues for those who ha haven't had a mobile VR headset is shutdown, battery life, and just thermal the thermal dynamics of the whole thing. So I, I'm, I'm surprised... That hasn't been talked about. I don't know if you picked up any details mm -hmm. on that, Mike, but... Well, the thing is, they weren't demoing it at all at this event. It was literally, Weird. no one could even touch this headset. They were super, uh, you know, uh, twitchy about it. Um, but, but yeah, the thing is, like, and Nathan made a really valid point because obviously the Quest is going to be limited to that 835 or... Um, uh, Snapdragon processor that's in in the headset, yeah. whereas mobile phones generally have a powerful processor than that now, uh, the high end ones anyway. So it, it's it's, it's got potential. That, I don't see that as an advantage because you can have a higher end processor, but that is doing a lot more task than only supporting the headset. Which yeah, of course. The Oculus Quest, it will have indeed a lower processor, but that will only be devoted to Dedicated. the Oculus system. 
it won't be doing it won't be doing any calls. You don't, so you don't have a multi-threading issue. Like one of the issues you have yeah. with application design is how much of my CPU can I afford to give to this app? So the stats may look higher, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it will be able to yeah. power more. But you've also got to remember the point is that the quest is limited to that hardware full stop. There's no upgradability. Maybe the first generation of uh, this phone that supports this headset might only be limited by its processor, but future generation phones could be backwards compatible with this headset. This, this is like the we difference just... between like uh, like like having any gaming PC with a myriad of parts and a console that's cheap. Yeah. And yeah. the thing, the yeah. beauty of consoles, like if anyone remembers like the the Dreamcast cycle, the N64 cycle knowing those fixed constraints and then once developers get better at certain tricks um mm -hmm. the games just get better and better because they're they're working better with it within that canvas but I, like yeah. i'm with rowdy on this one because when you're so close and there's two ecosystems i would always pick the closed ecosystem first because optimization of that is so much easier and mm -hmm. more intuitive for developers where whereas yeah. if you're like you know 10 better or even 150 of of the processing power here how you're going to perform on Mike's phone versus Nathy versus Rowdy is it's going to change so much. You need to factor in the price of the of the of the, the phone as well, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and if you don't put it in your pocket, this is the thing I was going to say. If you put it on the side, someone's going to drag your phone and smash your phone against the wall. You know, <laughs> the, the logistics of this thing just seem really weird. But but the the only thing I'm I'm like everyone owns a phone in this on this planet, so I don't know. Yeah. You could it's actually good. also be playing Diablo. You could play. Don't <laughs> start. <laughs> Don't even plus start. Plus the thing is, plus the thing is, we were all honestly, we were all expecting HTC to come with their own standalone VR headset, like yeah. the Dev Kit, like the 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 uh, Vive Focus, right? And now they came with a hybrid VR headset, and this is yeah. a market on itself again. This is the first yeah. of its kind that is a yeah. hybrid VR headset. This is I, I I didn't even think of this in my mind. Yeah, same. Um, so I, I think this is a very interesting uh, uh, happening at the moment. Like oh, yeah, the Quest and the and the Cosmos have their own market now next yeah. to each other. It's not they do compete, but they also don't because they yeah. have their own. So we'll see. We need more specs. I know. Like right now, we don't know enough. They 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 are yeah. going for the smart marketing. They just bring it out and we are now making the rumors we are making this headset maybe cooler than it is or maybe worse than it is i mean that's it's 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 one of those strategies that works you know because everyone is talking about it no one knows what it is no one knows I, if you gotta it's say mysterious. shame on htc though for how they fucking represented this thing i think it was misrepresented out the gates and that's what caused this confusion about like wireless and tetherless oh, yeah. i i uh, did not like the way that they opened on this there was a lot of confusion about it, for sure, and they should have been much clearer because loads of questions were being asked straight off the bat, uh, especially yeah. the concern about not com being compatible with Steam VR. But that was cleared up quite quickly. Mm. Um, but this is going to be the first uh, Vive headset that's going to be compatible with the Vive Reality platform, which is basically HTC's equivalent of Oculus Home or Steam VR Home or the MR Cliff House. Um, again, we don't have any release date or price on this just yet, but we know that devs are going to get these uh, dev kits uh, early this year. So they're going to be developing their games for this. this <laughs> so so Sherzad is saying everyone owns a phone, Diablo's motto. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they, they share something in common here. <laughs> I, I need to bring two characteristics of, this, of the Cosmos yeah. up uh, for discussion. Firstly, the flip interface at the front all I could hear uh, from developers and Reddit was like, thank you. Like, I mean, that to me seems like such a, a wonderful thing 
if you're a developer coding your game and trying to flip back in and out of VR, like having the flip up, or if you're a streamer, like I'm doing that all the time. I'm like a, I'm like a, a legit old school nose peeker. Like that's how I reach out. People yeah. are always wondering like, what software yeah. does he use? I don't fucking use software. Cause it, what's the thing that's consistent and works in everything when you just cheat the system, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so that, that's a beautiful feature. And I'm really wondering about the side cameras. Like, I guess that's for yes. the, the reality, the yeah. but what else can you do with that? That's just like, I suppose it's just, you know, the scan arena is, is wider, but I'm just wondering, is there some crazy thing that, you know, Reddit's come up with that you guys have seen or have thought about that is another thing you can do with those like side facing cameras? Like what are they for? No, I, you, I, I think that you can be a horse if you want. <laughs> Only look out the side cameras and like the opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You can build a, you can build a game based on that now, but yeah. It, it, yeah, it will like expand the tracking area. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's a nice add on. And I'm, I'm really curious how that will improve the, in terms of tech, I have to say, like, HSC has always been on, like, the forefront, you know. They're already trying, they're always trying, like, new things. And uh, I, I kind of get the feeling that they're trying to, like, throw everything at it and see what sticks, you know, uh, see what works and uh, keep on going with that. But I don't necessarily see it as a back that kind of thing this early right. in the scene so i think it's really smart that they just didn't come out with a direct competition for the quest i think that's a smart move not to do that yeah. and and go their own direction and create their own path and i think that was a super smart thing to do and i'm um, i'm really impressed with what they're doing and I'm, i think yeah. this year is going to be super exciting i've said it many times before yeah. uh, but we're going to have a lot going on this year plus so. standalone wise we still don't know what htc is planning because the vi focus is still exactly. in development too and that's a standalone vr headset but it's and a death my, kit right now. That so. was one of the questions I had to ask myself was where does that stand in yes, all this mix yeah, now? Yeah, it was the same. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it will come to the Western market, you know, as a, as a standalone device as well. Who knows? Because they're developing their own controllers for it, like we've discussed on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to Pimax then, because they had some interesting stuff as well. And they were showing off the Pimax Business Edition, because obviously we've got the Pimax 8K, we've got the Pimax uh, 5k plus and now this is their new range which is the business edition and uh, they're going to have business editions of the 5k plus and the 8k uh, but at the event they were just showing the 5k plus has the same specifications in terms of same resolution 2560 by 1440 pixels per eye displays with 200 degree field of view however this is going to be using an oled display panel which runs at a slightly lower refresh rate at 85 hertz mm-hmm. uh, than the lcd uh, equivalent but the advantages, of course, of uh, OLED is better black levels and more vibrant colors. And these are the kind of displays that we used in the Vive Pro and the Samsung Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having tried the Odyssey, you know, and, and the Vive Pro, obviously, having here in the office, you know, they're, they're really great uh, display panels. So it's a nice little upgrade. Although early reports from people that have tried it, like Voodoo DE that was at the show floor, said that the screen door effect on this OLED panel uh, of the 5K Plus mm-hmm. was more apparent than the original uh, 5k plus so it's worth noting that uh, although you know this headset is more expensive than the original 5k plus it looks like this screen door effect is something you're gonna have to deal with yes also uh if you are interested fudu has an english channel now that you yeah. should check out and he made some videos uh where you can see inside the lens and see how bad the screen door effect is so if you're curious um go check it out it's fudu the English, English version. version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me let me find a link, or maybe Rowdy yeah. can. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but the the key feature, obviously, the premium price that you pay for this headset is because it's the business edition and is aimed at professionals. Because it gives you a professional and commercial license to use this headset in a public space. 
so this is the headset you'll likely see in VR arcades if they adopt the Pimax as their headset of choice and will likely come with a premium support package behind it as well. So that's what you're paying that extra money for. Uh, so kind of interesting yeah. for businesses, maybe not so much interesting for it, consumers. It, it does feel after uh, Pimax made their statement right before CES that they are slowly restoring the balance uh, in yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I covered this yesterday in a video of my own, but basically, you know, Pimax offered like this huge apology to the backers and basically, you know, said that they need to be more clear and, and, and have a better communication strategy in the future. And they appointed a new head of US uh, sort of uh, service center marketing um over there. So they're going to have a service center in the US to fulfill uh, orders, uh, logistics, customer support over there. Mm. So everything will be much uh, slicker and quicker. But also, he's obviously told them that they need to step up their game in terms of the communication and they've been taking that advice on board. So it's, it's great to see them some them doing that. I think this also happened because they now have a uh, president in America for Pimax. So I'm sure he also kind of touched on stuff and said like we need to bring a statement because i see all this stuff happening so yeah. i think i think they're on the on the right path in in, in that way that's good that's, news because yeah. america needs a president well <laughs> yeah well it's only for the climax uh, sadly yeah. so uh yeah so they even for that <laughs> they also um, were showing off the Pimax Knuckles style controllers. Um, although they had them right there on the show floor, they weren't actually giving demos of them. You could just hold them in your hands and see how they would feel. And they offered two variations of it: one uh, with touchpads, one with thumbsticks, which they offered straight from the beginning on the Kickstarter because it was a stretch goal. Uh, I think it was for hitting four million uh, US dollars that they would offer both. Um, but interestingly, on the website, they also offer you to do a mix, so you can have like the left controller as a, a touchpad and the right controller as a thumbstick, for example. Um, not quite sure if I'd want that or not, but it's nice that they offer it anyway. Um, but what makes these uh, controllers stand out, obviously, is the design is pretty much identical to that of the Valve Knuckles, which are developed by Valve themselves. Uh, and it features similar technology in the capacitive sensors on the, the grip. So you can literally touch things and it will know when you're touching the grip handle. And you can also completely let go of it and it will still stay attached to your hand, which is kind of cool and could make interacting with objects in VR more immersive in the future. So picking items up and throwing them, for example, could be more immersive with this new controller. The thing that sort of bothered me by looking at the design, though, was that the frame around it, which features the the tracking sensors, is looks really big and bulky, I think, yeah, in my opinion. Big. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might end up hitting your legs or hitting the headset itself because the headset itself is quite wide hit, or each hit, other. Hit, hit the know? other controller. That's the, that's the main yeah. thing I see. Or if it's... If it's scaled, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not. I think it's still work in progress. This is, uh, again, like one of their prototypes. But what you see, the the cool thing about this big one, you can hang it on the sides of your Pimax as a. What we're we're definitely seeing is, (laughs) I suppose we're seeing less kind of erratic VR controller designs and and this kind of slow coalescence of of handsets into. into, A particular design, which will be good for developers, because then you've got you know parity from headset to headset. Agreed, agreed. Um, the other thing I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about with like all these like headsets releasing and all these different controllers is still like you know market fragmentation. Yeah. Um, I really think that it's crucial that I don't know at some point that people go and sit together and start like developing a standard for this, because with so many different kind of controllers and so many different kind of headsets, it's bound to get 
problematic at a certain point. And then people are going to complain about it and say like, oh, well, the headsets might be working fine and the controllers might be working fine, but for certain games it's that, other games it's yeah, that. But the, the, the key here is developers, because if they decide that your platform is too difficult to develop for, they won't yes. develop for it. Yes. And then you're screwed. So Plus it, right now... It, yeah, the, the the tipping point of VR hasn't happened yet, so all of this is still like like causes of a young market that is still trying to. Yeah. I mean, the moment it goes mainstream, then you will see what headset and what controllers and what games or whatever people mm. want, and they they go for it, and then the rest dies off because it's not mm. interesting anymore at the moment. And, and the it's problem still is scattered. Also- also is that if you decide to go with what everyone else is doing, then you've got no unique selling point to your headset. So that's, that's yeah. why it's important for these companies to branch off and right do something now, yeah, outlandish. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but for the consumers that buy them, that can be very problematic because that means that you might be buying a headset that you, after this in a little while, won't be able to use because most of the developers find it too difficult to, f- to develop for or to, to be used in the game. But that's why we're here to help to help the consumers out there know what they need to buy yes. and what they don't. Out of here. Um, yeah, and I, I don't even think they reach the core of consumers yet. The consumers no. that now own a headset uh, have still heard about it from some people, and yeah. I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in, in that area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but Pimax also showed off their eye tracking modules at the show floor as well. They were actually demoing this. Uh, these modules are developed in partnership with an eye tracking company called Seven in Vensun. Uh, they're a company that have also developed eye tracking modules for the Vive in the past as well. Oh. Um, but this eye tracking module is a free bonus for backers that backed the Pimax on Kickstarter because they helped them reach the stretch goal of over three million US dollars. So everyone who bought a Pimax on Kickstarter will be getting this module for free. Um, they were um, they were stating on the show floor that they're not quite ready yet, but they will be shipping them out to uh, backers uh, in sort of sometime in 2019. Uh, obviously, plans for including gaze-based UI navigation and foveated rendering as well. So uh, they're going to be working with those. Uh, it connects using the USB-C connections on the Pimax because they've got two, one on the top and one on the bottom. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of cool. Okay. And then finally, to round off uh, hardware manufacturers, just quickly touch on Oculus. They weren't actually on the show floor at CES, but they were demoing stuff behind the scenes uh, for select press outlets in hotels nearby. So they were showing off the Oculus Quest, and it seems like they were showing off the same demos that we tried at OC5, which were mm. uh, Tennis Smash, oh. Super Hot, and Face Your Fears Tennis 2. Tennis Smash. Face yeah. Fears. I want to play that again, man. Just no, for yeah. the Jason Rubin Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think we're gonna, I don't think we're going to hear anything or see ah. anything else from Oculus until F8 now. So um, it's just a case of waiting it out. Hmm. It's, it's funny that uh, someone... Emailed me and said like, "Hey, I found a release date for the Oculus Quest. So apparently, if you're on a, a service book and you're googling, then sometimes when you're searching for a product, right, and it's release date, you get that fact on top of uh, a page. Well, I don't know, maybe it's fake, but there was like June on there next mm-hmm. to the Oculus Quest. But I don't think that's that's uh, of course confirmed, but it's still funny." I think I think is just like what they did with the, the Go last year is is announce it uh, and then say you can pre-order it today and that'll be yeah. likely when the F8 conference is, which I think is the first of May, yeah. uh, so around that sort of time. Okay. Yeah. So that's all the news from CES. It's been a pretty crazy week. Uh, I've I've loved all this new news. It's been uh, it's been interesting trying to get involved and keep up with it all. Um, but the, the Cosmos is certainly my uh, headset of the show. I'm super excited about this. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting device uh, this year. So, It was yeah. a good show. 
but wanted more. Hmm. We always want more. I wanted more crazy. I wanted more crazy. I wanted something different. I mean, some of the consumer electronics were kind of interesting, but haptic, haptic feedback crotch suit. (laughs) (laughs) I'd give it a go. (laughs) That's what you were looking for. I don't know. Yeah, I felt like last year's CS was a little bit more exciting, but um, I was glad to see something from you know one of the big names. So well, Cosmos- I think there is one thing you like that might be a bit crazy for you, and that's the hollow ride where you could actually oh, yeah. sit in the back of a car and experience mm-hmm. a VR demo while someone was driving. So I think yeah. that was kind of well crazy in a the way. Cynic, the cynic in me sees that and immediately thinks of the. If you've ever come from an airport and you take an airport taxi, which is anyway a bad idea, you're going to pay through the nose. So don't do that, right? (laughs) Plan ahead. If you have to take one, you always, like back in the 80s and 90s, you'd have uh, a billboard or something on the back of the back of the headrest, right? That would that would be selling you stuff in the local area. Then they turned that into kind of like a, a portable DVD player. Then it turned into like iPads. And I think this is just like the next thing. This is just an advertising thing. Like they're saying that it's going to be for rides or whatever. I'll tell you what my brain shouts at me, aside from advertising, I just don't think it's quite safe. I mean, but you're going to be, what's going to happen is like fast forward 10 years, you're going to be a family in a car going to the fair, right? Every person in the, in, in the, in the car is going to have a headset on. No one's looking at the road. The car's driving itself. <laughs> like it sounds crazy, but I think this is what where we're going. It's just like, it's not safe. Like, is, is this the time capsule message from Zim we're like, going to play yeah, in, in 10 years? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's I, I saw I saw a video on, on Twitter of David Bowie talking about the future of the internet. And he was like, yeah, it's going to be like, it's going to be uh, the best thing ever, but also a dangerous thing. And it's, it's going to be art and things like that. It's, it's, it's so funny to just watch messages back. So this one from you in 10 years is going to be highly entertaining, I would say. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you got any advice for future Zim? Maybe you can give him some wisdom. Yes, yes. Advice, next month. advice for future Zim. Get out more. Get out of your bloody headset. There you go. <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> so, uh, let us know if you've got any questions in the comments while I round up the show. Um, obviously, we didn't cover everything that was at CES in terms of AR and VR because there was just so much, but I thought we'd pick out the highlights. You know, Odin were there as well, showing the headsets, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Vuix, which uh, AR glasses were there as well. Uh, Cyber Shoes, loads of other VR stuff was there. So go and dig around the internet. I'm sure you'll find it if you want to check out some more. Uh, there's a thread uh, in chat here. Uh, One yeah. of the UK says, Nathy, will the Christmas tree be down by next week? Maybe. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be bad luck? Isn't it supposed to be bad luck? Is it? No, no, no. Uh, to be honest, it's in Belgium and Netherlands to like leave the Christmas tree. No. no. Like, oh, you, you noob. Oh, and he's like, ah, you need to take it down and he has one himself. Wow. Well, according according to my mom, I have to take it down next week. She said like, that's that's the max. So then you can't do it anymore. Yeah, so right. this is this week is still allowed apparently. Mid mid January okay. I think is generally the kind of socially acceptable cutoff. After I that, could also keep it there for a year and just just keep it until it's Christmas again. Save you haven't put it up again exactly. Yes. Um, so just a reminder, it's a uh, VR a weekly VR AR NMR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Tune into the show live at seven PM in Europe, six PM in the UK, and twelve midday in Central mm. US. Also check out the audio version available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Anchor. Um, and, and yeah, subscribe. 
Subscribe to our because YouTube channel. We are almost at a thousand and we would love you to, well, be a member of the podcast and join a discussion every week. Exactly. Yeah. So if you've got any questions, now's a great time. Let's, uh, let's hear some questions before we round up the show. And, and definitely consider come watching us live. It's a different experience when you can see our lovely mugs. Yeah. Yeah. And joke and, and give us funny jokes in the comments. I enjoy those. I enjoy those funny little, little jokes we've had today. They've been good. Mm-hmm. The chat has been on form. Yes. Yeah. They, they're saying, by the way, Nate, that you just, that you're just early for next mm. year. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, do you, Mike, do you recommend the AnyCube i3 Mega, which I guess is that which is behind you? Didn't touch yeah, on that. How has been your uh, first week of uh, 3D printing ownership? So, like, I've got some previous experience with 3D printing. I used to have access to one at work, and I was kind of like the go-to guy when anyone needed to use it because I was the only one that knew how to use it. Um, and it was a pain in the ass at work. But this one, uh, it was 200 pounds, so super cheap, uh, came from Amazon. And it was the easiest thing ever. It took maybe like 10, 15 minutes to set up. First print was flawless. Was uh, calibration was, uh, you, you do a test one. It's like a, a pair of owls. Huh? It's like a test print. Someone's going to like uh, that. Sure. I, I can show you, I can show you the <laughs> owl. Um, and um, and basic, basically, wow. I don't know if you can see that because yeah. the focus is on. Um, but yeah, it was super easy to use. And uh, I'm planning to, to print off a Project Northstar headset which is obviously uh, made by uh, Leap Motion. Yeah. Uh, it's an AR headset that uses uh, these lenses that reflect uh, the light off uh, two screens that you put behind your eyes uh, for uh, full real-time hand tracking uh, and AR, which is really interesting. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, super interesting. I've, I've ordered the lenses. They're the only really complicated part of the build process because they have to be specially uh, coated with a reflective uh, formula. But the rest can be 3D printed and bought from off-the-shelf parts. Hmm. So uh, I'm going to be doing a series on that. So that was like kind of why I bought it. But also I'm going to be printing some gun stocks and stuff like that as well. So really is, sort of messing around with it. I'm curious, is Wrench in any way responsible for you wanting to do a project that is this hands-on? Uh, I've been wanting to do something hands-on for a while. Like, I, I, like those who know me will know that I love to tinker with stuff. Um, and because obviously I left my job like eight months ago, I don't really get to tinker with stuff anymore, which is a bit of a shame. Um, so I kind of missed that part of it. So that's kind of like you know getting that sort of eight feeling months back. ago. Yeah, Time maybe flies. it was longer. T- Ten months ago, even could we're be almost now. celebrating your anniversary on the YouTube's. I know, I crazy. Was, I was definitely thinking of your 3D printer, Mike, while I was playing Astrobot this morning. Because I don't know if you've if you've done it, but as you collect coins, you go to your Astro ship, and then you can do this yeah. little grabber thing. But some of those little scenes, like the fish or whatever, they'd be perfect 3D printed. I was thinking of maybe writing to Sony or or, or, or the developers and ask, actually asking, are those <laughs> models available for 3D printing? Because yeah. printing them and painting them would be would be awesome. Oh I've got, yeah, I've got one no, here. I love like that. A, I love that idea. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's from a friend of mine who's a 3D printing uh, aficionado. But uh, looking to see what you produce, Mike, and definitely tracking your progress because that looks cool. Good project. Yeah, gun stocks stocks are some of the first projects for sure. (laughs) We we got another question that was uh, from Campo675. He said, uh, have any of you introduced VR to someone and then not be blown away by it? I have met many people. I have shown it to many people and they were all blown away, but nobody has bought any so far. I think it's, it's 
everyone I've demoed it to has been blown away. But I think for each individual, they need to have a compelling reason for themselves to buy one. Um, like I, I recently demoed um, Beat Saber here uh, just over Christmas. I talked about it on the show, actually. And then he tweeted me about a week later saying he bought a PSVR with Beat Saber <laughs> and uh, a couple of games. Um, so, you know, it, it all depends on what kind of person they are. Like my parents, again, are mind blown, but they've got no real reason to use it. So they wouldn't buy one. So it all depends yeah. on the individual, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's like uh, the, the the system seller, you know, that they're, they're going to buy. You know, PlayStation has been killing it. We've been saying it for a while. And they come with a complete system and people know that if they buy it, it'll be easy to set up. It'll be easy to use. No problems. And I think that's a, a logical choice and to go with like a platform like that. Yes. Because it's all integrated. It's it's tricky to find out what someone needs to play first as a VR experience. You need to ask them all kinds of questions up front and then kind of make an idea of what that possibly could translate in. Because I showed someone Beat Saber as well. It's like, yeah, Beat Saber, man. Whoa, 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 this is like, this is a system seller, man. Everyone is playing it. And he's like, after one round, he's like, do you have a shooter as well? I'm like, yeah. what? Wait, Beat Saber's not. And then you go back to. And I also had someone where there were so many things happening on my side before setting it up that he was like, well, it's a lot of hassle to still set it up. So there are always those things that make people wonder if it's really that good, you know? Um, to Mike, your so. point as well, I've had I've had relatives who were like under impressed because of how much hype there's been around VR and like it being this kind of transformative technology. Some um, people get into it like, oh, I thought the you know resolution would be better. Or I thought that, you know, so some barriers that are still there. But I'd say one of the most interesting experiences I've found is you put an artist in something like a tilt brush or something and they did it. Oh, yeah. You can just see their, the cogs in their head just spinning and it's like, mm. whoa, I can just, I can yeah. paint everywhere. I can paint, yeah. you know, and it like changes their, the, the dimension of their thought process then. So, yeah. And some, some of the, of the stuff we've amazing. seen, of course, is just beautiful. Exactly. I was going to mention some of the quill illustrations that we've seen. So they're like quill paintings that are animated. And uh, if you go into Facebook spaces, you can access them really yeah. easily. It's a good place to, to, to view them. But we saw one that was on like a subway train with a load of different robots on there. They're all moving individually, like in, in the sort of rhythm of the train. And then one was in a VR headset, one was looking at his phone. And it felt like you were on a, a living, breathing commuter train full of robots. It was yeah. so good. It was made uh, by uh, Goro? Goro? Yeah. Yeah, he made Is some that... other some other illustrations that have really been popular as well. Yeah. Um, we were Storm. actually in one that was a story that was animated yeah. and we were inside that that animation together super yeah. super fun how do you view that animation is that uh something that's importable to another application or do you need quill for that no you can you can view it in facebook spaces mm -hmm. um but that's the only platform that i've seen where you can access them as easily as that yeah. i think there probably is others out there but facebook spaces is the one that we got to experience them in yes. um but yeah, so that's been our show this week. I hope you guys and girls have enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us live in the chat. We always appreciate you joining us and uh, making us laugh with funny comments. Uh, great comments today. Uh, thanks to all our audio listeners as well that probably listened to this on Catch Up. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes because it will really help us out. And uh, we'll be back next week with our show as always. So hope you have a great week in VR. Until then, and bye-bye for now. See you, bye -bye. pilots. Bye.